Hi there, this is Shanna Borman here with Straight Talk and Honest Advice, your podcast about a person's journey in making the decision to divorce, the divorce process, and then what it's like on the other side. So today I'm joined by my friend, Beth Medley. So Beth is a life coach here in Brazos County, and she's going to come here today and offer us some advice and wisdom for us making that decision moving forward. So Beth, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you. You are a life coach. So Sometimes jokingly people say, yeah, I should be a life coach, but tell me what it is that a life coach does. Okay, girl. Like when I first um, became a life coach, literally I was with on this journey of is life coaching even real? It doesn't sound like a real thing to now this is my entire business. So, um, <laughs> so funny. And it's like supporting our family. So um, God has such a sense of humor. So what is a life coach? Um, well, there are a lot of different types of coaches out there. I mean, you can hire um life coaches for business. You can hire mental, mental strength coaches. You can hire coaches for almost anything, um, which is why it's such an interesting industry. And there's not a lot of regulation. So um, one of the questions that I get the most is what's the difference between life coaching and therapy? And really that depends on the coach. So for me, there is a lot of overlap um, because the main difference is that coaching is forward facing. So it is future focused. Yes. Um, and therapy is almost always past focused because we're, we're pulling up trauma and we're healing all of that. But for me personally, there's a lot of overlap and I feel really strongly about coaches being trauma informed because I think that oftentimes coaches, um, sometimes will cause more damage if they don't know what they're stepping in, they might think they're being motivating and kind in their, in their pushiness. <laughs> but, um, but if there's a trauma related issue, then it really can cause more damage. So when, as when you're doing coaching, Beth, can you tell me your client comes in, they, they, they seek you out. They say, I'm going, I need coaching for this reason. Is that what they do? Or, and then they say to you, I need, I need to figure out why, how I'm lost or, you know, what is it that I want to do with my future? What do I want to be when I grow up? Can right. you share with us, what are the kinds of things that people come to you saying they really want to work on? So I typically work with fun, fabulous, high achieving women. That is, that is typically, those are my people, but lately maybe they're not feeling so fun and fabulous anymore. Um, they have a myriad of issues that, that are, um, coming up for them. And sometimes I have people come to me and they're, they don't really know why they just know they're not okay. Um, and then sometimes I have people come with a very specific thing that they want to work on. So I customize all of my proposals based on what it is that my client is looking for help and support with. Um, typically I work with female entrepreneurs, but really my, my word for who I work with are builders. And by design, your clients are builders, whether they want to be or not, because post-divorce, you were having to completely rebuild a life. And so oh, that's so true. Y Absolutely. Yes. I mean, your whole life is changed and you're rebuilding your family. You're rebuilding your own identity. It, there are so many things that are going on in there. So I'd say that's really I don't know if that really answered your question, but that's kind well, of I think it I'm absolutely saying. does. 
I think it absolutely does, Beth. And I'll say this, you know, when we look at our clients, our clients come in and they're sort of in this place where they're, they're feeling broken or they're feeling unsatisfied, unfulfilled, or, you know, they don't, they don't want their next five years to be like their last five years. Let's say that. Right. And, you know, part of our push is to help them realize that they can create their new future. And that sounds very similar to when you talk about builders, right? Because the people who are, you know, in the moment, miserable, they have to look forward to get out of that misery. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. So have you had the occasion then to help, you know, female entrepreneurs through divorce processes and, and then building that life afterwards? So I have actually. Um, and it's so interesting because that's not necessarily something that I advertise that I do. Um, but it is just kind of something that ends up falling in my lap and, um, whether, are working on personal relationships, it ends up in divorce or not, you know, I've had them both go both ways. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that sometimes, especially I'm a faith-based coach, and I do have clients that are of multiple faith backgrounds, but I always feel like it's just authentic to me to be really clear and upfront that I'm a Jesus girl, you know, so that's, that's who I am. Everything that I, I believe is filtered through that that lens. And so Mm -hmm. I think that especially when it comes to faith-based women, there has been um, a lot of confusion around what is and isn't okay in marriage. And, yes. Um, and talk about that some more. Say more words about that, Beth, because that is so true. That is yes. so true. There, there's so, and I believe in the institution of marriage. I think that it should, in a healthy way, bring out the best in us and help us grow. You shouldn't be the same person that your spouse got married to 20 years ago. You should be a, a different person because we're constantly growing. But sometimes I think the message from the church. And we hear this all the time because it is scripture. And and I think it's in Micah, it says God hates divorce. And yes, that is true. God does hate divorce. And it is a sad thing because it's when two people have been connected are being separated. But more than that, God's hate, God hates seeing his daughters abused. Like, right. it does not. And sons. I mean, and sons, not just women, right? Not I mean, just not women. Just women. His, and his children. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have watched men like go through this and, and it's almost more silent because there's so much more shame. And that word abuse is so um, synonymous with physical abuse, but the psychological abuse that can happen in marriage is very real and very damaging. And, and, and it is almost this and not gender specific. Yes, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I, I just feel so strongly that the church in general needs more education on abuse um, on different types of abuse, and just to have this message that it doesn't honor God for you to be continually hurt. It just doesn't. Right. And, and you know, one thing I, I've seen is that people are so fearful about how the church will view them as they're living this really miserable life that yeah. they that they self-limit. They don't ever even, even look to see maybe that there is a, uh, you know, that, that God doesn't approve of what's happening yes. to them, you know, that, but, you know, it's deeper than just saying, I'm not going to get divorced because my parents told me not to get divorced because we were raised Catholic and we're not going to get divorced, right. you know, and divorce is a sin or, or, you know, fill in the blank thing. And I, and I just get so frustrated because, you know, believe it or not, right. We're only on this planet for a certain number of years. Right. And if we don't make the best of those years, and I'm not saying, you know, carpe diem with no consequence, but if we don't make the best of those years, no one's going to do it for us. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that I say um, in this industry, you're supposed to have an I help statement, you know, like, who do you help and what do you do? And so if I had to have an I help statement, um, it's that I help 
men and women. I do have a couple male clients, but I help women specifically to be who they were made to be so that they can do what they were made to do. And if you have something in your life that is stopping you from being who God made you to be, because there's constant lies being poured into your head, then we need to, we need to nip that in the bud. Because Ephesians tells us that God set aside good works for you to do specifically beforehand, like before he made the world, mm -hmm. he thought of you and the things that mm -hmm. you would do. And like the world needs you operating in your gifting in the way that he made you to. And so that is like my mission with my coaching practice is to be able to watch women step into who they were made to be so that they can do what they were made to do. That is so beautiful. You know, when I think about what you're telling, what you're saying here, the, the image of a butterfly comes to my mind just over and over. You know, we walk in and we're and we're caterpillars. Right. And caterpillars have to turn into absolute mush before they can become the thing that they're meant to be, which is this beautiful, beautiful butterfly. And I just I just love that the way you talk about having someone become what they're meant to be their best, their highest and best self. That's really beautiful. As you're doing this, you know, what, what is it that you can provide different than what maybe a therapist provides? How, how are those two things different? Oh, that's such a good question. So um, one, I have some clients that have trauma around therapy. So just like coaches, there are not all therapists are just amazing and wonderful. And also you might need to shop around for therapists. That's one thing that I always am really um, advocating for is that you need, especially in therapy, because coaches typically create a lot of content. So you can kind of check them out beforehand to see if they resonate with you. But therapists don't do that as much. So it's okay to shop around. So one, I have clients who have trauma around therapy, and will never see a therapist again. So coaching seems like the next, next best thing. Um, the, the next thing about it, I think is that I'm not regulated the way that a licensed therapist is regulated. I have a background in psychology. I always intended on becoming a therapist, um, but the Lord had different plans for me. And I think that part of that is because I get to do things that therapists would never do. I'm not regulated the same way. So I can actually tell you my opinion about something. I can actually ah. sit on your couch and help you break up with your narcissistic ex-mother-in-law. Like I can do these things with my clients that therapists cannot do. And I've actually had therapists refer to me because they were like, I can't move this client anymore because I can't say the things that I want to say. So I need someone else to do that. Wow. And I would think too, that maybe therapists refer you to refer clients to you too, because you're like the boots on the ground guy who can go help with the breakup yes. conversation. Right? Yes. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I, you know, in terms of what my clients look for, right, they're always looking for something to help them kind of understand where they are, help them have the words to, to, you know, do the breakup so, right. you know, conversation, have, have them work through, you know, what are the words I need to say in a way that's not hurtful? And what are the things that are going to be true to me? Yes. You know? Um, rather than just kind of packing up all your stuff in the dark of night and leaving with nobody's nobody seeing it. Um, yes. and, and I think that, you know, the help of someone who is kind of skilled and knowledgeable about what are the what are narcissistic traits so you can kind of spot them as they're happening, you know, because your client may not be sophisticated enough yet to to see them. Right. And, and I really also appreciate very much that, you know, some people are trauma are, are traumatized about therapy. You know, so many times women will come in or anybody will come in and they'll say, you know, my, my spouse says I'm crazy and I need to go to therapy. So then if I say, okay, you need to go to therapy, then, ugh, you know, 
it's a terrible sin, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, kind of the life coach aspect of it is so much more um, uh, tenable, right? You need somebody to kind of talk with, right? As as you're doing this, do you become a friend to these people, it seems to me, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because um, as you were describing what I do, there's this little, I kind of talk about it in terms of a haunted house, which theologically I got issues with haunted houses, but I think it's a good... um, it's a good metaphor. So it's kind of like when you go into a haunted house by yourself, it's just terrifying. Like there's no good thing about the experience. You just walk in every room and you're terrified and then you come out the other side, but it's awful. And the thing about a divorce or any other life transition is sometimes the only way is through. It's the only way is yep. to go through. But yep. if you have mm-hmm. friends with you in your haunted house, you link arms and something jumps out at you in the first room and you scream and then you laugh. And then you go in the next room and something jumps out and you scream and then you laugh. And it's like, you are not by yourself in the middle of navigating all of these things. And I cannot tell you how many text messages I have formed with my clients in sessions, trying to figure out like, how do I tell this person that this, how do I, how do I honor myself and tell this person that, how do I walk out of codependency? How do I start being okay with me just inside of myself, not looking outside of myself for, for validation, like all of those things, even if someone comes to me with a very specific business idea that they're wanting to get off the ground, and that's what they're coming to me for. We almost always go through this emotional stuff because we all have it. We all have trauma. And so being able to walk through that with somebody, I think is really invaluable. That's beautiful. And I, and I'm going to say too, I get so frustrated when people talk about, um, you know, oh, well, my, my spouse has a lot of baggage. Well, I'm going to say this about that. I think everyone has baggage and I kind of resent the inference that baggage is a bad thing because baggage is what makes you who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you agree with me there? So I think that the things, the things that we have been through absolutely form us. And, um, we are constantly forming our mind. Like what we think about creates these neural pathways in our brain so that eventually if we take the same path again and again, it's like we have this neural superhighway in our, our mind and it almost becomes an automatic thought. So in some ways, if we view baggage as like the way that our brain is formed, like, yes, we can have maybe a negative view of the world, But Mm -hmm. we can also take our baggage and we have command over how we form our brain. Like you can actually step away and and specifically form your brain to think the way you want it to think. And so in some ways, I think that our baggage is really a way for us to set other people free from the same thing. But you got to walk through it in a healthy way. So when you say set other people free from the same thing, tell me that. Explain that more. What do you mean by that? So theologically, and I don't know if this is if this is where you want to go with this conversation or not. But theologically, I really believe that where we have been set free, we now have power to set someone else free from the same thing. So in Revelation, it says the testimony of Christ is the power of prophecy. So if my testimony of of where the Lord has set me free in my life actually has the power to prophesy over someone else, their freedom. So- So that kind of it, that kind of shows them it can be done, almost sort of like a, a kind of a group therapy kind of success story. Yes, like he did it before, he'll do it again. 
Like, let's, let me show you how I have been set free. Let me show you the way I walked out of codependency. Let me show you the way that I learned about myself. And so it's kind of this repetitive thing. So if I've been able to do that work, then I can help someone else do it too. And then that retrains their neural pathways because they're so used to doing the same thing. You know, if you do the same thing you've always done, you'll, you'll get the same result you've always got. Right. And so, you know, I see that a lot of times people will pull away and then they'll get sucked back in. They'll pull away and get sucked back in, you know, in these kind of really maybe not traumatic, but certainly toxic types of relationships. Right. And so it takes really a big uh, either a big snap, like either a spouse has to go after a child for the parent to go, oh, that's enough. No more. Or you have to see some kind of other intervention, you know, like they have maybe a death in the family or they come to see someone like you. I mean, you know, statistically aren't, you know, people go back and back and back over again. Would you agree? Yeah, it's about seven times is the average for a woman to go back into an abusive situation before she is, leaves for good. It's about seven times. Wow. And even talking about that, that freedom that's coming or that those neural pathways that are being formed generationally too. You, this is a generational thing. Your children will learn to think the way that you think. They just will. Well, because you're giving them that example, right? I mean, do you mean that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the at the world like it's out to get you, then your kids are going to get that same response. If you're going to look at the world like there's nothing but lack, your kids are going to have that same, you know, money story or yes. feeling, right? So in, in, in making these new neural pathways, I, I love that whole idea, you know, cause I'm always telling people that I'm the luckiest woman in the world. I just really am the world. Everything always works out for me because it just always does. And, um, and so, in, you know, in that vein, I like to think it's because I'm always kind of forward thinking and thinking positive, mm-hmm. right. I'm kind of manifesting what it is that I want to have happen. And so when you're doing it with your clients, are those the sorts of things that you do, like kind of consciously say, these are the thoughts we're going to be focusing on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me how that works. There are a lot of different tools that we use to do that. And depending on um, where you're coming from when you're when you're doing this, really the whole idea is that you're going to take a lie that you're believing and replace it with truth. And um, we have this behavior cycle that I use. I, te- I just taught on it this last weekend. I had a, um, a brunch event and I taught on the behavior cycle because I think sometimes we get caught into thinking that all our behaviors are choices. And especially if we're talking about people that have been through trauma, sometimes your behavior is not a choice. It's based on a deep-seated belief that you have that you might not even recognize that you have. You might think you believe something else, but if you've ever had a behavior that just felt like it just came out, like you couldn't stop it, it wasn't a choice, then typically that's something that's that's been deeply believed it's a deep belief in our nervous system it's a it's those triggers right so if we're talking about being triggered it's like oh i don't even have control over this and the thing is you do have control over it it's just a much slower process of taking our thoughts captive replacing them with a new thought and then thinking about your thoughts and then acting on the new thought And then thinking about what you did. So it's like, if I want to be a generous person, so the cycle goes thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, thoughts, beliefs, Mm -hmm. behaviors. So if I want to become a generous person, I might believe that I am not a generous person. And I'd see that in my action. I have a really hard time giving of myself, whether it's money 
or energy or time, whatever that might be. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I can either break in at the thoughts or I can break in at the behavior. If I break in at the thoughts, I'm going to start every time I think I'm not generous, I'm going to change that thought to, I am generous. And then I'm going to start believing that I'm generous. And then I can break in at behavior and I start doing generous things. But the thing about breaking in at behavior is it's going to increase your imposter syndrome because you're going to feel like a fake because you don't actually believe that you're generous. But then when you do a generous thing and you have the thought, I don't really think I'm generous, then you can replace it with, but remember that time that I volunteered all Saturday for this nonprofit. And so then we start slowly shaping our beliefs until you really are a generous person and you act it out because you actually believe it. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense. You're shifting the whole belief about yourself by consciously making decisions about who you are. Yes. I mean, is that fair? Absolutely. I love that. That is so intentional. It goes straight back to the people that you service being builders because they are, they're building themselves anew. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's so, everyone should be assigned a life coach at birth. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And I mean, that would be so awesome. I want you to be mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm taking clients. So. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to put your website and all of your information in in the links with, with this uh, podcast. You have been so charming and wonderful. Thank you so much. Is there something that we missed that you think our our listeners really should know about, you know, life coaching, therapy, you know, what it is to kind of grow through this divorce process? Because that's really who we target. Yeah. So I think the thing that I would want to say for anybody who's going through a divorce, especially if you've been struggling back and forth with this idea of divorce is, or if it's been a particularly traumatic relationship, like if it's been toxic, I think sometimes we really judge ourselves based on our triggers. And we think that, um, we're crazy. I can't, I cannot tell you how many times I feel like I'm crazy. And I know you have had to hear the same thing in your office all the time. I feel crazy. I think I'm crazy. They say I'm crazy you're not crazy. Okay. Even if you are having erratic behaviors, there is so much dissonance that has been formed in your brain. And that is not your fault. Oftentimes, um, most people are pretty familiar with PTSD, but complex PTSD is more what I see in my clients that have been through something like like this, a traumatic divorce or a toxic relationship. And so your triggers aren't going to look like normal things. They're going to be based on um, what things that have happened repetitively in your long relationship. So I just want people to have more grace with themselves because mm-hmm. usually we get grace from people outside of our, our, like if we have a supportive circle, we can have compassion and grace from those people. But the hardest person to get it from sometimes is yourself. And so I would say that that is probably a piece of, of a little nugget for them that I I would want them to hold on to. I love that. And that's so true. Nobody's meaner to you than you. Yes. You know, but nobody can be nicer to you than you as well. Right. So it's like getting to the part where you can be nice to yourself. And actually that's my, that's my, this, my, this year's, um, resolution, I'm going to exercise unconditional compassion for myself. Uh, What do you think about that? Yes, I'm here for it. That's amazing. Right, me too, right? Well, thank you, Beth, so much. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's really been a pleasure. And I want to have you back 
okay, maybe after we do a few sessions, I want to have you back and we'll debrief <laughs> on my development. How about that? All right. Okay. And, and thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on this podcast. This is Straight Talk and Honest Advice, and we'll see you next time.